We have to hang out. Sorry. I, I know. I know no, it's okay. To, like, I also, my life is horrible. Time. You don't even know how hard wrangling today was. Oh, <laughs> Kaylee must want to yeah. kill me. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure if I can survive what happened already in <laughs> January 2020, I can survive it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And welcome to We're Totally Not Okay. The podcast where we're not totally okay. not <laughs> We've never done this that's before. That's okay. But that's okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. Dragon. I'll get it eventually. It's fine. <laughs> Take two. Hi, and welcome to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. A podcast about the intersection between mass media culture and mental health. And today we're sitting down with David. Also not how it goes. I, t- I just want to say David. He's David. just staring at me Come awkwardly. On. Sorry. I don't know what to do. But who are you? We haven't introduced ourselves oh. yet. Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Kaylee Legrand. <laughs> Today we have David in the studio. Hi guys. I mean, hi everyone. Yeah. I don't assume my gender. Yes. Yeah, Get so, out. I'm Get so out. <laughs> Horrible way to start the first. Do you want to try that again or no? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're already into it. Now, everybody has a feeling of how organized we are for the next season. <laughs> Listen, I did my research on the ad. That's as far as I went. Yeah, but you never listened to an episode of the actual podcast. Listen to an episode. <laughs> what we do is we make our guests interview them or interview themselves. Hi, David. What's your name? (laughs) Hi, I'm David. Elmale. What's, uh, how's it going? (laughs) This is so perfect so far. Introduce themselves is what I was going to say. Because I don't like to put label on people. No, that's great. So can you introduce yourself? I can totally introduce myself. I'm uh, David Elmale. I'm a comedy director, writer. When we were designing the iPad Pro, we started by looking at feedback from our most popular group of consumers. Parents who use the device to get their young children to shut the fuck up. And your mother? I think I'm more attracted to her than I am you. The iPad Pro's new screen is so fucking large that it'll completely saturate your demon baby's field of vision. Your Nintendo cartridge? It doubles as a hair dryer. We also added in some magnetic clicking shit that their goldfish attention spans are gonna go fucking bonkers over. I'm from Toronto and uh, I've worked with you know CBC Comedy. I directed a series for them. Uh, I was a story editor on Pup Academy for Disney Channel. A cute little little puppies. Now available on Disney Plus. On Di- no, it's actually not a Disney. Oh, damn it! It's actually not. You're over three right now. Thing. Thing. It's not on Disney Plus. We're just gonna let him interview himself. Yeah, great. Yeah, so it's not on Disney Plus, but it'll be on Netflix. Uh, so that'll be cool. Um, That's awesome. But it's by the people who did Airbud. So you guys, Airbud's great. I grew up on that. Plays basketball. Yeah, it's good. We play in basketball. But is that not the same movie? It's not, unfortunately, okay. but um, you tried. I'll pitch tried. it. We'll pitch it. Great. <laughs> we'll pitch it. <laughs> Pretty sure it was already in some basketball movie. <laughs> um, well, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, you had no idea what you were walking into. You didn't know what to expect. You never met me before. Never met you. I know. Hit with that energy wall, right? Yeah. Help me, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> so you started in comedy. Yes. Did you start? 
on stage? Did you start at Second City? Did you start? Where, where, what, what are your roots? Uh, so basically, I started doing stand up in London, Ontario. Uh, <gasps> what, I went what to school, hell? Western I, University. What? I went to Western. You went to Western. How do we not know each other? Turns out they do know each other. Oh my God, we dated we, in year one. Oh my God. Kaylee, it's you. Fuck, David. <laughs> oh shit, I'm so sorry. I didn't call you back. That's okay. And that's the end of this episode. Where's the exit? <laughs> how do I get out of here? <laughs> Great. So that's exactly how 2020 is going for me so far. How is your new year? Uh, terrible now. Oh, How wow. dare you never call? Look, <laughs> if you, don't did, take it personally. Is it she did? Okay, listen. This is a new year. I don't want to be labeled that anymore. I told you I'm not into labels. I. It's nice to see you again. Great to see you. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. I Western. Western. So yeah. I was doing stand up there, making short films. Uh, then one of a uh, short I co-directed, uh, won the film festival. So you know I had my eye on comedy, and I moved out to New York. Um, so I started. I studied at UCB. I did sketch and improv. There. Yes. Um, and then you basically. I just kept making comedy sketches. I, I featured on uh, Funny or Die, College Humor, um, etc. And then, you know, I came back to Canada. I just, I ran out of money. Like, oh, you, I was going to say, you, you miss Canada need, so much. You need the thing called money to get you through things. <laughs> so <laughs> you never came back and now he works for a whirlpool. <laughs> no, yeah, so, <laughs> they're one of my corporate clients <laughs> and they help pay the bills. Thank you very much. <laughs> and now an ad from Whirlpool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then I, yeah, then I was a director for The Zone on YTV. Cool, um, cool, cool. And just, you know, I, I just kept working in the scene through there. Was um, this always your dream? Yeah, totally. Um, well, no, actually. Whirlpool what am I talking about? Whirlpool ads. Ads. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to stare at the washing machine and I would, <laughs> I would fantasize about. Mommy, mommy, I want to film a I Whirlpool. I want to film a washing machine. <laughs> I actually, I did in, at Western in my graduating year. We made. You filmed washing machines? We, yes. Um, <laughs> we were a little intoxicated and also we didn't have access to our rooms anymore we're like I had moved out we're like that's fine we're just going to destroy the place anyway and we made macaroni and cheese in the washing machine uh, so uh, of course we filmed it um, I'm going to pitch that to them it's, I have the videos already for you you can just <laughs> I'll pass along the footage found footage done yeah <laughs> and all you need is a bunch of garbage bags for that long underground hallway and some soap and suds and it turns into a slip and slide with some carbs. I love it. It was great. They tried to kick me out. I'm like, bitch, I already moved out. <laughs> Peace. Got all my other friends in trouble. That's Sorry, also Mom. coincidentally why we broke up. Because you wouldn't stop cooking our meals in the washing machine. <laughs> I'm, oh, God, I'm bringing up a lot of PTSD right now. <laughs> Tastes like home. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, great. So you're doing a lot of corporate stuff too right now. Uh, sometimes, you know, occasionally just, uh, you know, when the phone doesn't ring, which is every day, help me. No. Um, no, you know, it, it, it turns it on. Yeah, like as a freelance director, writer, um, you know, sometimes it's really busy. Sometimes it's just not. Like yeah. Justin and I, we work together on um, a show together. I, I was a director there. Are you allowed to talk about it? We can, right? Can we? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. We this in the past, right? It's probably, yeah, by our DIY. I was, yeah, like, classic. They, yeah, we worked on that together. Was that the YouTube show? Yeah. Okay. YouTube show. So that's Which is we, how Kaylee and I met. Oh, oh so many connections oh, here at this shit. table. Were you at that party? Was no, I? he wasn't. Oh, okay. I wasn't even invited. <laughs> I don't even know how I got invited. I did not work for you two. I don't know how I got invited. <laughs> I know. Weren't you fired? <laughs> yeah, I, um, oh, right. 
It was because of uh, another friend who runs the Buffer Film Festival. Oh, cool. He knew that I was getting into making digital work. I'm, I'm an actor and writer, and yeah. once I got into podcasting and started thinking about doing more digital work, I don't know how I ended up meeting him, but I met... Um, Corey, who runs the Buffer Film Festival, and mm-hmm. he invited me out to YouTube. And then that's where I met Justin, and we danced salsa all night. We wow. did. Yeah. Like, and we were, obviously, everyone watched us. For it sure. was it, the spotlight. We're hot <laughs> shit. It's hard to top. So I don't know why you didn't hear about that. I... My hips don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Can we all take a minute to talk about Shakira and the weird tongue thing during the halftime show? What was the weird thing? I didn't get the. What was that? Did you not watch the Super Bowl? Did yeah. You watch the Super I watched Bowl? the Super Bowl, yeah. Did I you see the cultural thing? thing, right? Like, Is it actually? Uh, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, Can somebody do it for me, please? Leave it to David Just to actually <laughs> know what it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like to the camera it was great I'm pretty sure it's a meme yeah yeah, it's for sure it's pretty sure if anybody had the chance to do it you would do that oh absolutely (laughs) I want to be Shakira let's be real oh god that woman did you see like she did not age she she did not she does not JLo is she's like 50 something yeah but people had to hold her up when she was dancing yeah yeah that's a little bit strange (laughs) you try to put like million inch heels on. Oh no, I'm not nothing against her. She, I fucking love her. Have you I ever seen her. the Super Bowl halftime with um, oh Purple Rain, Prince? Prince, yeah. And he's wearing like these massive heels, and it's just like slippery ass <laughs> fucking glass surface. No, but you're like, how didn't you? How do you do because it? Because he's Prince. He practiced. Magnets. <laughs> <laughs> Two things that get you to lie. Yeah. Practice and magnets. All right, so. <laughs> Whirlpool. Whirlpool. Yeah, you know. You know, sometimes uh, you get the creative gig. Sometimes, I mean, you know, just to fill. Uh, look, Whirlpool, if you're listening right now, keep them coming, baby. No, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's just. Well, you by the sounds of it, you were just telling us about how you got to do some more comedy Whirlpool stuff at for one of their conferences. Yeah, so that's exciting. Exactly. It's a little more freedom. You still get to, like, you have that creative control. I, I have the creative control. I mean, I, I kind of have to say no to certain things because it's, you know, some, some corporate clients still want you to edit just these dry videos that you'll feel soulless doing so. So it's like you kind of have to filter out something that speaks to your voice still. Yeah. Even if it is corporate, you could still tailor it to sort of what you want it to be. Mm. Um, something you would even be proud to put in a portfolio. What is your, what joke are you the most proud of that has to do with a washing machine? A washing machine. This is a massive Whirlpool <laughs> ad. Why are they not paying us? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they should be because we're increasing everybody's mental health based on their sales and yeah, Exactly. <laughs> joke them most proud of I you know we don't do straight jokes we do we do like streeters and stuff like that what is a streeter it's, we go on the street it's like Billy on the street style stuff yeah Justin, oh, Justin. it's like on the street how dare you Justin stuff on the street like you just attack streeter. random strangers yeah. as they're walking exactly. by exactly so hello sir how do you feel about this washing machine yeah looks we like see. a washing machine everybody has it. but can you, you make macaroni in it <laughs> exactly <laughs> have you done that video yet no so okay. we have to team up yeah yeah, great. Yeah. Kaylee gets creative control on that one. I mean, it's done. Like I said, it's already made for you. But you, okay, so you used to work at YouTube. You, that's where you guys met, and you were working on a show together. Was it also funny? Yeah. Well, so actually, they approached me, and they were looking for a comedy director. So I was in the writers' room at Pup Academy at the time, actually as a writer's assistant. And then I got I got the offer from. Uh, 
RTR. And you took so long and to I say yes. I took so long because I had, there was, there was other stuff coming up. So I had, you know, you, mm-hmm. the schedule. Oh my God, it was the worst. Perfect, David yeah. is the most difficult to nail down. So He's difficult. like putting on a marble granite top that you have a hand, <laughs> nail, nail, a hammer so for, and nail. For those who were almost ready to call you <laughs> yeah, and make exactly. that phone start ringing again. <laughs> gotta deliberate, gotta deliberate. <laughs> Must deliberate. He's uh, reading Don't over see. all the fine print. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes contracts. No, hated it. So they brought me in for four episodes to start. And then um, I got to work with Danny uh, Berger and Alexandra Gator, two hilarious hosts. So again, they wanted to bring me in to make the show lighter and fun. So uh, it was a perfect match. And then the opportunity to do the final 11 episodes came up. And then it took me, what, another month to get back to you on that, too? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Probably. I was delivering. At that point, I had already delivered. moved on. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Excuses. And, and then, yeah. But then, no, of course, I accepted it. Um, of course. Of course, yeah, after yeah, 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 literally yeah. Of course, hours. after Whirlpool didn't call me the day that the contract <laughs> yeah, started. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's sort of my main uh, job as a director is just to sort of bring the f- bring the fun to set. <laughs> Sorry. Do you, kind you of apologize like a re- for that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> do you apologize for your, your attempt at the voice? Always. Do you not normally get to be on this side of the mic or the camera? You're no. just writing for other people? Exactly. Does that hurt you? Uh, totally. I'm very scarred inside. Do you, do you <laughs> miss performing? Because um, you started doing stand-up. Yeah. I I mean, I've totally been thinking about getting back into it. I like Again, I was uh, working on a series for CBC, and the premise was, uh, you know, we interview up-and-coming comedians, sort of like the next up in the industry. So every episode, we're, we're in a comedy club, so I was around uh, performers all the time, directing performers, and you know, the bug is still there, of course. It, it never goes away. Why didn't you just film yourself and make an episode on yourself and present yourself as up and coming? Well, they asked me to be in the show, and I was like, no, that's too self-serving, no. You oh, no? you got that complex going on. Yeah. Why didn't you say yes? Because I didn't want Be unapologetic. I, I, David, you're hilarious. Thank you. Where I've are you laughed going? at least Toronto. once. You're Born in Toronto. Yeah, you're yeah. very apologetic. Yeah. You're very Canadian. Well, that's what they would say on, on by our DIY. They'd say, stop apologizing. I'm saying, sorry. I don't mean to. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you know. So, is that your goal for 2020? To stop apologizing, yeah. for sure. Okay, cool. It's, it's got to be a resolution. You should be in that. You should just film yourself in an episode of that and just give them the one freebie. <laughs> yeah. Up and coming. David, here we go. Here it is. Take it. Start replacing sorry with you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. That's you're a welcome. great That's a great point. Well, when I bash into inanimate objects, I apologize. It's a problem. I stubbed my toe on the way in. I was apologizing to your um, your shoe rack. Well, it was my shoe rack, so thank you. You should. Oh, yes. um, <laughs> You're sorry, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you would I, be so lucky to stub your toe on that. <laughs> you just, you made me realize something about myself because I used to, in my old apartment, yeah. I had a light that was above my bed. Don't ask me why I stand on my bed often, but I... <laughs> why are you standing on your bed often? I literally <laughs> just, get out, get out, get the fuck out. <laughs> um, I mean, you of all people should know you two dated. Yes, like, that was a, another We're not going to go back there. Again, Big red flag. <laughs> Repression, PTSD. Remember? I don't remember him. Um, I used to hit my head on the light a lot. And right. every time I, I noticed not only that, but like anytime I would like bump into inanimate objects, yeah. my reaction immediately is didn't do it. Not me. <laughs> One of the two. My Bart Simpson. Always. I didn't do it. I guess. Didn't do it. Not me. Nobody watches The Simpsons here, do they? I totally watched The Simpsons here. <laughs> Never heard it. Never heard it. Who are they? Who's she? Samson. What? Samson. Yeah. Homer um, Samson. Sorry. Is that, is that an attempt at a Simpsons voice? Yeah, no. Let's try it again. Try again. Yeah. Homer Samson. 
Was that Homer that Simpson? That wasn't a, no, it was me just that being was, like, that sounds, yeah. who is that? I think that? I recognize that. I know who it's Homer like is now. a comedy person voice. He wrote the Iliad? <laughs> yeah, he did. In that voice. Exactly. It's a voice. narrated yeah, exactly. book from. Audiobook. Something BC. <laughs> from before Jesus. <laughs> BJ. <laughs> cool. We talk about mental health. Let's get on to a serious topic. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk. I thought the podcast was, was over. Yeah. No. Were you, I mean, you thought it was all going to be super serious. Serious yeah, and, totally. You know, heavy talk. Do you write any heavy material? Have you ever written anything dramatic? Uh, no, I haven't. But um, where have I? Uh, I want to. Do you have a diary? Oh, I was going to say. I once wrote a bookmark. Uh, you wrote a bookmark. Yeah, what? you got to write a book. A bookmark How do you write a, a book? <laughs> There's copy on it. <laughs> what did you say? Mine said um, it was for a bookstore. No, it was for a new um, get your story company. Straight. Yeah, sorry, it was, a, it was for a book company. I, That's why I, we broke up. Yeah, yeah I, I, had, I couldn't get the story. Book company, straight. come on. Yeah. yeah, book company. It was basically like save your cash. That's what it said. That was as heavy as it gets. Uh, yeah. Do you ever try to use? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Also, what he said to me before I broke up with him. Um, <laughs> save your cash. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> Do you ever try to use comedy to address really serious topics and kind of shed new light on them, a different perspective through comedy? Oh, 100%. I mean, give me an example. You David. have to. Ooh, closest to the, the line now. that you've towed. Yeah. I mean, I look. I, Did one of the puppies die? Yeah, one of the puppies. Did you kill it? Uh, no. That's one of our the questions puppies, in our quiz. <laughs> puppies are the love. I love those puppies. Um, no, it's uh, it's so important to sort of use comedy as a way to express yourself in that sense like I mean I had a sketch called Honest Anniversary and it basically was just um, a couple going through they were just uh, having dinner at their anniversary and they're just telling each other how they feel about each other honestly and that sort of reflected what was going on in my relationship oh, it was no. a great outlet oh no it was a fantastic outlet um, at the time but it's definitely a great way to channel sort of um, you know some of those topics or, or things you might want to say yeah. um, into comedy in a different way. Do you tend to use your real life? Oh, for sure. I mean, look, uh, yeah, it's like... Like how closely, how, how, how much do you paraphrase? How much is just verbally from all of your ex-girlfriends? <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much all of it. God, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's a, you know, it's a lot of Some it. girl at home is watching air puppies. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Just like, that dog I really it's connect like, with. I don't know exactly why. Like, <laughs> yeah. That bitch even sounds like me. <laughs> do no, they talk? They talk. They talk. Obviously oh. dogs talk. Well, I don't yeah. know. You said you did your research. Yeah, if you watch episode seven, you'll learn all about my fourth relationship. No. What number am I? <laughs> what number am I? You're the finale. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I, I Took an entire like season to build it. up to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those who are now on high, lucky yeah. for me, <laughs> we're going to cut to a commercial for you. <laughs> hi. With three eyes is a dating app with icebreaker games and quizzes for creative and interesting people. They're games that give you something to talk about and a sense of personality slash humor. You know, you get to just like back and forth with someone that you're potentially romantically interested and you go, I like that answer. I don't like that answer. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And if you don't know what to talk about, you can actually just start off by taking our quiz, which we designed. It was a ton of fun. You know, you get to answer questions like, now that you're an adult, 
You're a failed cake shop entrepreneur whose easygoing charm offsets a dampened sense of self-worth. Or are you smarter than your boss? Or running out of weddings to crash. Or still one of North America's best bachelors. Which one are you, Kaylee? Number four. Oh, excellent. Obviously a bachelor. Yep. <laughs> Crushing it. If you want to check out this quiz, you can visit high.com slash not okay. That's high with three eyes, not two, not one, three. Because she extra. Hi. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as a writer, it's, it's so important to tap into what your real life experiences are and what makes you unique. I mean, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, whether it's like a relationship struggle or whether it's your personal struggles, I mean, anxiety, depression, things like that. It's great to sort of work through it in mm-hmm. your art, I find. Do you find it easier or harder to actually produce your work when you're in a state of anxiety or you're going through a breakup or what? Like when, when you're in a raw emotion or yeah. heightened emotion, do you feel like, cool, great, grab the pen and you're able to jump into that outlet or does that convolute it for you? That's how I rebound. Some people rebound on Tinder. <laughs> I rebound with some, uh, some good old-fashioned sketch comedies. All of YTV shows. Art. <laughs> all of YTV. Oh, my God. It's all your rebounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy for you. Like, you well, don't feel no, flustered or distracted? Know, uh, totally depends. I mean... Uh, deadlines definitely help and involving other people sometimes when I'm really feeling low like if I let's say it's like seasonal seasonal affective disorder okay mm-hmm. it's the dead of winter I'll yeah. try to involve other people so I'll say okay um, hey my camera guy like wanna wanna just book this date and then we'll we'll have a date set and then it'll force me to write something it'll force me to get in the mindset of like let, let's keep the, the train moving. You know what I mean? You set up commitments that you're like, all right, there's no way I can say no. Like, I will feel more shame if I let go of this appointment. Yes. And forces me to 100%. Because when you're in that fog, again, I do, I mean, I've, I've dealt with depression. Just like a minor, I mean, no. Someone just call hint. it a major depressive disorder. No, <laughs> but, no but you know, like. He's popping some, pills right now. Well, yeah, literally in my pocket. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm not. Um, so there's, yeah, like. Uh, you will always look back um, if you're in one of those fogs and uh, you come out of it a few months later, you'll always look back and think, damn, that was that was wasted time. You know, I mean, that's how I see it sometimes. Which but is I, interesting, though, yeah. because then you're like, that's a negative. That's another negative thought that you're having, but you're just adding to the negative pile. And I do that, too. I'm sure others do it. You shame yourself for having already felt something yeah. negative. It's like, you're just perpetuating it. 100%. But we do it. We kick ourselves when we're down. Yeah, it's, I think it's about, I mean, you kind of, as you go through these, uh, whatever it is, and, and mental health issues, anything, you also learn more about yourself, you know? So, it's, yeah. so you can kind of learn about, you know, who you were in the past, who you are now, and what's to come. So you can take those lessons and try to build like a structure around that. It's like, okay, December hits and I'm a miserable wreck every year around that time. Okay, let me try to let me try to create a structure in my life that'll um, that'll help me get through it and help me come out of it even stronger, you know? So you recognize your own patterns. Totally. Just having an awareness of that. And, and so do you get preemptive about that when you know winter's coming and you know you're gonna be back in Canada? You're like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to book all of my December and January right <laughs> so, now. And yeah. it's like April, but. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's there's stuff I do as well. Like, I mean, I try to stay active. Like I ran a half marathon literally so that I could just keep myself on a schedule just to sort of. Um, to combat, train for it. To train yeah. for it. And yeah, just to combat sort of the negative mindset that you can get into when the winter months hit specifically and you know mm. that's when the phone start doesn't ring as much that's when like especially in the creative fields 100 yeah. so you know you do these little things to sort of protect yourself and and again as i've gotten older i mean i'm 30 now uh i i learn what works for me i learn what doesn't i still have those challenges of course like I haven't run in like a month, but I'm I'm getting back into it. Help Are me. You changing? <laughs> <laughs> this is all one big cry for help. Yeah, exactly. Which is cool. We're all here to help. Yeah. That's what this podcast is about. Totally. Um, we're licensed. So joking. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, there's a lot of things that you just can't take literally and please don't hold it against us. For here. sure. So where is that line though? Because you're both joking about these really serious topics yeah, and no, it course. makes it really easy to talk about, but where's the line in terms of like how do you actually communicate to the important people in your life That's that you a, need help without them being like, oh, I sure. think you're joking right now. I'm just going to mm -hmm. lightly breeze past this. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that question oh, because my mind went to, the, I guess that this, this line exists on different facets. Right. Yes. How do you approach that conversation with people in your life, in yeah. your personal life? But I thought you were going to talk about, you know, um, communicating with your audience, like, towing that line when you're making jokes, when you're doing blue humor, when you're doing dark dark humor, even just joking about you having pills in your pocket, I immediately, my mind was like, oh, but there are definitely people who are like, absolutely, in mm -hmm. some people, that that's what works for them and they should be on medication. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, those people are gonna hate me just for making a joke about that. Right. So where is the line in the conversation you have with audiences, but then also when you're trying to have those communications on a personal level? Yeah, I mean, look, I do have some pills in my pocket. This is actually true. <laughs> I, I got, I picked up a prescription earlier today. But what um, are they? Can you share? Uh, yeah, I, I just no, I share. Not yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you know again, like it goes back to structure. It's like I I was on antidepressants like a few years ago, and I just felt that I should. I mean, I just felt ready to to readdress or just to go back on them just because it felt like it would help me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's actually a positive sign. Like there's a stigma attached to it. Like, oh, you're on antidepressants. Like mm -hmm. still something in 2020, there must still be is. wrong with you. I don't like the S word, but yeah. Yeah, unfortunately it's still, but I think, yeah, I see it as a step forward. And, uh, I mean, it's self care for myself for sure. Like it's all, it all sort of works together in harmony. So you're on the medication, you go to a therapist, you you work out, you eat well, like it all it all adds up, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but the line, I don't I I'm just very candid about how I'm feeling with the people close to me um, in my life. So whether it's my siblings, I'll tell them like I feel like hell today <laughs> or like But or, still you're saying it with a chuckle. Yeah. See, that's <laughs> the thing. I, I know myself though, so if if anything I, you know, fortunately, like I've never gotten to a point where I've had thoughts of self-harm or, or suicide. Um, so I know myself and I know that 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 my line, I could sort of joke about it a bit more because humor, I use it as a coping mechanism for sure. Yeah. But um, I've heard one or two comedians say that. Yeah. But everyone, everyone has a different um, 
boundary. Everyone has a different way of communicating. But if there's someone in your life who who is sort of reaching out, it always helps to ask, like, is there anything I can do? Um, uh, you know, just, just to sort of be a support for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have tons of people in my life who are amazing supports. So okay, back to our brag there. Yeah. <laughs> I have actually so much support. Good for you. you, you I'm, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> Kidding. I need somebody. Please stay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what about when you're, when you're making jokes, have you ever had backlash? Have you ever had somebody call in and be like, Hey, didn't like the joke that you made about pills. Um, no, but we will after this. this <laughs> yeah, no, I will. Yeah, exactly. And I'm specifically asking because I need to know how to deal with it. Steve and I'm like, I get in the hell. There's going to be a tweet storm about it. No. Um, Trump will get involved. Yeah. Next thing you know, you'll be at the center of a national exactly. conversation. Oh, yeah. man. How do we bring Trump into this? <laughs> no, but <Tweeting>. I work. <laughs> like, I also, I write jokes for like, um, I've written jokes for different like Twitter accounts, etc. Um, so and all of those all of them are about being depressed. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is a very depressed dog. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you know, but you know, you have to. Again, it depends. Are you representing yourself? Are you representing a brand um, in your writing? So you got to be cognizant of that, or at least I, I try to be cognizant of that because. You know, um, if it's yourself, fine, go for it. Um, you can be risky with your comedy as much as you want, but um, if you're representing a brand again, like like an Airbud or something, you might not want to talk about um, certain topics. <laughs> Justin smiling. Oh like, yep, there are many like, topics that children aged five to seven do not want to hear about when they're watching Airbud. I can't imagine what. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you look at like children's children's media, I'm always so surprised because I never remember it as a kid. But there's so much stuff that like deals with death and trauma, mm. and like it's all embedded in there. And you don't really re- Caillou. Did you guys ever have to watch Caillou in French class? Oh yeah, it's, like, it's a cancer patient. Our eyes open. The kid is a cancer patient. <laughs> I watched it yeah. after school. Yeah, yeah. Had no idea <laughs> when I was younger. Grew up one day. One of my friends was like, Caillou's got leukemia, and I was like. What? That's how I learned what leukemia was. How did you not pick up? Like, that's the whole point of the show. We're going to teach children one thing. Justin, how did Justin you didn't get it? How did you not pick up on that? I'm not very good Idiot. at French. <laughs> I also, I mean, like, I think I learned from Tele Francais. Did you ever watch the show? Tele Francais. Tele Francais. Yep. Yep. Accurate. Um, yeah, a lot of kids' content. I mean, what I found so fascinating mm-hmm. once I got to the point where I'm like, oh, I didn't see the priest's dick in Little Mermaid until I was, you know, 16 and somebody yeah. pointed it out to me. You just don't. Hell of a penis. A hell of a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to go back and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Love to get holy about that. But, I mean, that's also. People who are making, like the artists who get mm-hmm. bored of doing the same shit day after day, yeah. they have to entertain themselves exactly. and these little Easter eggs and for his was not so little, you know, <laughs> so they have fun. I mean, isn't that more for the parents though? It's There's for, like a huge more yeah. for the moms. No, I'm joking. Okay, that's you know I, moms and dads. I and still everyone. go to theaters when Disney and Pixar movies open. <laughs> so do I. I saw but Frozen Pixar, two in theaters. Love, Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> it was me and twelve year olds. Incredible about being able to spin that narrative in a way that is yeah. still like it, it, the kids eat it up, but so do the parents because they're oh, great. Yeah. They're just great storytellers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
They do an incredible job. So do you ever just put Easter eggs in that you know are gonna fly over the cabin? No, there's definitely a, like a temptation to, um, you know, um, no, oh, you can admit it on air. Well, yeah, I mean, you in the writers' room, like everyone's laughing. Everyone sort of, um, haha. If only, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, you kind of have to be in the writers' room. Like there has to be no. Or I'm assuming maybe yeah. I just most of the writers' rooms that I've been in are, you know. Look, guys, mm-hmm. all goes here. This is kind of, un- which makes it kind of convoluted, a yeah. gray area too. But like, in order to dig up the comedy, you not only have to get to you get through the shit to hit the gold, mm-hmm. but that means that you're gonna you're gonna cross a ton of lines before totally. you know where they are. Hundred percent. I mean, there are definitely jokes in. I mean, even if you watch Pup Academy, there's jokes in there that are for the parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's also important to to um, write for the parents as well because you know you want. For certain shows, like you want the kids and the parents to watch it together, and then mm-hmm. so are you trying to win over the parents? You're trying to win them over. <laughs> In terms of like the getting the eyeballs, advertising yeah. eyeballs, are, is that an awareness that you have when you're writing to capture that part of the demographic? Uh, I wouldn't say. I I, I feel like I, I'm not going to speak on behalf of of the writers' room of uh, all children's of shows. All children's shows, <laughs> but yeah. But I, I think the goal. I think the goal for, first and foremost is to make entertaining content for kids. If again, if you're mm-hmm. writing for kids, um, have the demographic in mind. Um, but you know, if there's an opportunity to um, write for, or throw in a joke that you know they might not get, but won't really affect the story, and mm. why not? It'll be an extra chuckle for mom and dad. Go for it. Yeah. Um, but it's always, again, I think it's important to keep the demo in mind for sure. Do you dig up your own childhood for it? Tons of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got it. You got it. Oh, wow. Uh, I yeah. don't remember mine. <laughs> yeah. Blacked out. <laughs> Completely oh my remember. God. I woke up and I'm in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm here guys. And I'm fully grown. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I, um, you know, I've been, uh, basically I, I was, uh, in Ottawa with my writing partner, Allie Kellner. She's an incredible, um, storyteller, animator. Um, and yeah, we, we pitched a show. We actually won the festival and like a lot of those ideas are, um, pulled up from her childhood. And there's, there's a couple episodes from my childhood, like just, just based on uh, personal experience, because I think that's exactly where you get the richest, um, form of storytelling. You can, you can really, um, mine a lot from the people in your life and what you've gone through for sure. So, um, do you find it therapeutic? Oh, for, yeah. You know, it's, it's great. Uh, you can be nostalgic and also productive at the same time. So, um, again, I mean, with kids content specifically, it's um, you're, it's not as therapeutic, I would say, as <laughs> sort of as uh, but it can be. But because here's the thing, like if you're if you're talking about subject matter like bullying or, um, uh, you know, any any type of heavier subject matter, then for sure it, it can be very therapeutic. But as adulthood, things more like, again, mental health issues. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't call them issues, actually. I don't, I don't like that terminology. Issues? No? Mental health, I think. Uh, mental health, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I don't like the term mental health issues. Well, a lot because, of people, when you he- when they hear mental health, they don't yeah. think of, they think of illness. They don't think of yeah. health. It's not the same as talking about our physical health. Yeah. It, it's stigmatized. Exactly. Um, yeah, but, but like, it's. I feel like it's more therapeutic to write, like, 
uh, an adult comedy sketch about like a relationship or um, something that hits home to today. More is so, that what you, you know? prefer to write? Like, um, would you, if you had your choice to write any show or mm-hmm. um, whatever the content is, not necessarily a show, a series. Yeah. What 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 do you want to write about? You know, I I like writing about things that I'm excited about. So um, any anything that's comedic and that has a storyline or an, uh, wow, way to really narrow it yeah. down there, David. Yeah. <laughs> anything no, because, that's comedic and has a storyline. Well, you know, it has a storyline with the or, uh, an engine to it, um, with the possibility of mining tons of stories out of it. Because here's the thing: like again, in the creative field. You're not always going to be presented with your dream job every You're single time. You're being apologetic time. again. I'm talking, yeah. okay, you have the opportunity. It is here. It is presented to you. Any, I yeah, have yeah. all Anything. the money in the world. What are you Nico, writing? I want you to Take write what it? you want to write you about. Do you want to write about aliens? Do you want to write domestic? Oh, I'm 100% writing about um, zombies. No, I'm kidding. No, it's got to be about. They're hilarious. Yeah, they yeah. are. They're so funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think I'd um, definitely go for. Uh, like a Curb Your Enthusiasm style. Mm. Uh, like, a, you know, I did a I did a show for my, it was a vlog sitcom. Um, so it was basically following me around. And right, these are the ones on your YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's Please like a- Please plug it now. Yeah, Where can people a, watch this? It's called This Was Me. It's on my YouTube channel, David Amelie Comedy. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a guy who's making a vlog about- um, himself so that his grandchildren will have something to remember him by um co-created by my friend barack um and obama obama yeah (laughs) without the c um (laughs) yeah but uh i think stuff like that that plays into real life scenarios um anything observational like that I, i mean and anything to me also that can connect with uh a broad audience online you know, if mm. if HBO comes to me with a deal, great. But also, like, there's there's no shame in making content for YouTube um, anymore because you will get so many eyeballs on it, um, and you can have a show that's even bigger than something on HBO nowadays. So yeah, um, rules of the game changed. Yeah, yeah. That's why if someone came to me with all the money in the world, like it doesn't matter. You can make whatever show you want now, like with your phone, with anything and and with with the people around you. Damn it. True. Now I feel so lazy. I feel like I have to go make every show that I have (laughs) written down in a half crumpled journal at the bottom of my bed. (laughs) Well, that's another issue too. It's like, you always hear that. Oh, you can go make whatever you want. And that in itself will just like, the weight of it will collapse on you. Because then you're like, okay, but space and time or thing yeah exactly <laughs> and then you get existential you're like oh and then my it God. comes back to money <laughs> yeah exactly so it's there's a balance there for sure there <laughs> whenever I know that I'm onto something when I have an idea in my head and I just can't get it out until I make it and that's it that's when I'm that's when I'm most excited like last night I had a short film idea and I'm and you made it well I started doing the voiceover for it yes um, is it that voice from earlier <laughs> yeah it's exactly the Homer voice? Simpson yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, I have a short film idea. Sorry. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say we're going to plug that in. You'll send me over the footage. You yeah. can hear your short film now. Totally. So do you feel like if you, it sounds like you have an endless bag of ideas. They just keep coming to you. Do you feel like if you were to die right now, have you done it? Have you, have you, do you feel like you've hit that point or no, you, you you'll never be finished. And what would it take? 
to kill you. Yeah, to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Almost our relationship. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank God I got out. Oh, I'm so no, glad that our new the sponsor. Calls back, callbacks on this? Yeah. <laughs> and our sponsors are dating up, guys. I didn't plant that. No, I, uh, I definitely, I never feel like I'm finished. It always feels like... There's still so much to do, it feels like. Uh, I, I I feel like with art, with creativity, with anything, you just, you never want to stop. If you're doing it, if you're doing it the way you want to, um, and right now I'm still working at just like sustaining myself doing this. Even. Hmm. That's that's why I got the whirlpools around. Thanks guys. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Stability. It's, yeah. Yeah, stability. It's um, hard in this industry. It's hard in this industry and it's something, I mean, but if you make up your mind to do it, then just go do it. Yeah, I just, was just going to say, I mean, I hear that so much that I I flinched when both of you at the same time said that it's hard in this industry because I recently started playing around with the universe mm -hmm. and deciding I'm going to stop. I'm going to start putting choice back into my language. I'm going to stop saying that things are hard. Yeah. I'm just going to take that negative talk out because there's just no point. There's no room for it exactly. just to see what would happen. And all of a sudden this inflow of incredible, like just everything, mm -hmm. a lot of shit to deal with, like not just good stuff, but it was 2020 so far has been an influx of high activity sure. of all the big stuff. So David Amelie is a guest on your podcast. I mean, that's as big as it gets. Trying to tell Sorry. you, I am done. I am good. I can die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I think I mean when I say that it's hard in this industry is less that I find it difficult. It's more that like my mother at Christmas was crying because she couldn't buy me a painting for the apartment that I don't have because I live out of a suitcase for work right now. Mm, yeah, exactly. yeah. And so it's less, it's less about. Sounds like her problem. I mean, it is her <laughs> problem, but that's how I kind of start perceiving it because everyone it. around you perceives it that way. Well, and that's it's exactly, choice, you're right. that's exactly Fine. what I'm saying though, because that is so much of the talk. And yeah, statistically, you want to look at those statistics. You want to see how many artists actually make it and are not only sustainable, but thriving. Cool. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Stare at those statistics. See how that makes you feel. Make your choice. If that's going to make you feel like you're hesitating, get out. Get out. If literally. <laughs> More room for Kaylee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I honestly think that's the answer now. It's like if you, if, if you're playing, if you, anybody who asks, actually, I heard this in another podcast. I think it was Matt Damon who was being interviewed and um, anybody who asks him, should, you know, it, it, should I do it? Basically, mm -hmm. his answer is no, because if yes. you're going to listen to that, then yeah. that's, that is your answer. You yep. make that, that is your choice. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It's, and look at what you've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course you hit those times. Yeah, you get seasonal depression. Yeah, you have negative thoughts. Those aren't going to go away because that's the human existence. I think that that's sort of where the contrast comes and that's what we grow through. Mm -hmm. But being able to, you know, be aware of the patterns in your life and even this kind of talk and take the preemptive actions of picking up pills or studying a marathon for yourself, just training yourself out of that. For sure. I think it has a difference. Yeah. And it builds resilience because look, mm. the, uh, you're going to fail a lot for sure. I mean, I've been asked to write yeah. uh, or to, to send ideas to like big movie companies and they never Peter. They never came through, or you know, the ideas were were not <laughs> received well. <laughs> but you you always think like, oh my god, I blew this opportunity. How the, how did I blow this one so badly? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know that resilience um, is is so key. It's just like continually showing up. Um, it's hard some days for sure, but 
surrounding yourself with a, a community of friends and, and people. All that support you have? All that support that I have. <laughs> Showing up is a big part of it, but it's okay to not, sh- like to it's take okay that day sh- for yeah, yourself. Totally. And not shame yourself for staying in bed yeah. and putting a Himalayan salt Kill lamp is on. the worst for this. I don't know anyone who has as many social commitments as Kaylee. Literally everything. You know everyone in the city, they all want you to show up at some event or something or and you always go i have a strong support <laughs> community too <laughs> it's like, yeah it's you know it's i don't always go i i but that I has been a recent my, that yes, has been a recent decision i am being a hypocrite by telling people that it's okay to spend a day in bed and <laughs> yes, uh, you're also the first person who's like oh, i have to go to this because i said i would yeah but i have been getting better about yeah, that yeah. that's an awareness that i've brought into my life i i I do sometimes do things out of obligation and that's what I've been trying to Avoid. also feel stronger about standing in my my mm. my no stance. I've got a good no stance yeah, now. Exactly. And to be okay with that. I've it's changed it's changed a lot because I started even just you know new connections that I've made and I started to say no to thinking that I'm closing those doors off. I realize it doesn't. They they do reoffer. They do come back. Mm-hmm. They it, yeah. it, it, it. saying no is it's very difficult. It's a very difficult skill to sort of master and become comfortable yeah. with. But when you do, people it, respect it. People respect it, and it's also a sign of respect for yourself. I think yes, um, and your own schedule. Um, I mean, if I have a meeting at like one o'clock in the middle of the day and it's all the way downtown and I'm not even, I don't even feel convinced that I should be taking the meeting to begin with. Sorry, all my friends. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> That's, that community's gone. Yeah. Sometimes you just, you say no. I mean, sometimes is this is the part easier. where we talk about how you canceled dinner plans to be here. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm going, I'm going right after I swear. But there's also that line too, where, you know, you also have to, you also have to get out. You have to socialize. You gotta. It's easy to say. It's really easy to say no. But um, you also gotta say yes. If, if saying no is, if you're getting too comfortable saying no and you're not pushing yourself, then that's also something to. to I think it's be mindful. Of. The motivation behind what you're saying. It's like a fuck it's yes trying, or a fuck it's no. It's trying not to go to the things that you feel obligated to go to, and more about saying yes to the things that you're excited about and passionate about and tuned in. Or, you know, and, and less about saying, no, yeah. I don't want to do this because I have fuzzy slippers on and more about saying, no, I don't want to do this because right now I need me time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it depends. You know, I, Ryan Holiday, he has, a, he has an article on the, um, he's an author. He's got this article on yeah, yeah. makers versus managers. Um, you know, managers, they, they have their schedules very... Um, uh, structured, you know, they t- they have meetings and phone calls, etc. And if you're more of a maker, then you kind of need to leave your schedule open. And I like to keep my schedule open big time. I love big chunks of time where I do nothing. I'll drink some chocolate milk. Hey. I'll uh, eat a pizza pop or two. Oh my god! You're the and then I'll just sit did. around and yeah, <laughs> I'll sit around. And I'll think about what's going on and about how I don't have a paycheck coming in for the next eight weeks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, we're good. We, I thought we're totally going uphill. Yeah, Whirlpool, call me. No, I'm kidding. Whirlpool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting with my ex. It's yeah. really awkward. It's funny you mentioned Ryan Holiday. I feel like um, I was going to reference 
Mark Manson. Yeah, Mark Manson. And I, I feel like he, one of the other, they plug each other. They have similar writings. And Mark Manson came into my mind because of that idea of like, it's either a fuck yes or yeah. a fuck no. Exactly. You paying attention to how it makes you feel and mm -hmm. just being aware of you know, that that is the voice that is going to tell you whether or not you should go to the thing. You can just feel it. Yeah, totally. And also like, I mean, so much of what we do is also motivated by social media too. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go to this event right now so that I can have an Instagram post ready and I can post it on my story. And I mean, Ooh, even that that's a is a whole so, nother area of you know, anxiety provoking whole, discussion. Whole thing. So it's honestly though, sometimes I find that really good for me. Me too. Yeah, me too. To go to an event just because you need the photo for where, your Instagram. Where it's like, it's the motivation. And then I get there and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm actually really glad that I'm here. I, I needed that little kick in the pants and there was no one at the event because I feel like we don't connect the same as we or as previous generations used to. Whereas yeah. if I said I wasn't going to that, someone would show up at my house and be like, hey, we're going. Yeah. And now it's more like, oh, fuck, all my friends are going to have this For fucking sure. photo on their Instagram. I better be in it. Yeah. yeah, the FOMO motivates you to do things that end up really for good. Sure. There's the good side. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Gilly's like hardcore squinting at me, being like, "I'm about to tear everything you say into shreds. <laughs> I am, and open. then I'm gonna make you eat it and watch as you choke. And then I'll take a picture for my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I actually agree with you. I've had. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that that's how we met. I remember 100%. that night. I didn't yeah. want to go. I was <laughs> that was like during TIFF, and I think I had started yoga teacher training and I was in the middle of shooting a film and I was like I'm like I don't fucking want to go to a YouTube I love you YouTube but I like and I went and look look what's happening right now I never would have found my ex-boyfriend again yeah there you go we were connected <laughs> so happy Thank it all you, fucking Justin. happened <laughs> full disclosure they never dated they have never yeah, met never <laughs> be sure nobody knows what's going on but I so I used to create content like um, weekly for YouTube and what motivated me was actually just getting the thumbnail just being able to see that there was this thumbnail there you know so like just the end result of it yes okay on Instagram if you want to create a piece of content and if that's what's motivating you is that thumbnail what maybe there's not maybe that's not so bad you know it gets you out there it gets you create creating but then when you start becoming addicted to like the likes and the comments and then, you know, maybe you're not feeling as creative one day and then maybe one day turns into two weeks, which turns into a month. Then you'll start to feel that withdrawal. Yeah. Or you spend that whole time at the event through your phone. You're not oh. there. You're not actually connecting with people. Sure. You're not having a real life experience. You're living yeah. through a screen. Exactly. Just one more step away from reality. Mm -hmm. Is that a bad thing? Oh God! I oh know. God. Let's get oh super God. existential. This is your favorite part. Existential with Kaylee. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know, and that's why I say, Is oh God, because I'm thing? just like, do we have another hour? Like, <laughs> you're like, uh, that, we're gonna have to have you back to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we can't answer that right now. We just can't answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like, here's a short answer from me. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that I can speak with my sister over Skype in like crystal clarity on a screen. Because sure. I don't get to see her often. She's over in Europe, but I, I can't stand. I remember the first time that I ever saw you were up at a cottage, family and friends, and my little cousin who lived, I, you know, I was watching her like live through her phone and mm -hmm. she had a friend. They were both, they had slept in this queen size bed and I went to wake them up for waffles and I opened the door and they're on either side of the bed turned away from each other, but they're talking to each other on the phone. They're texting each other from the same <sighs> fucking, I'm like, you're in. 
vent together. You know what I Fucking mean? talk, hang out, have okay. a girl. Did you not like take the can and the string and walk like a meter away from your sibling when you were growing up and yes. God knows when? And you can it's the exact same it is, thing. It is, it is the exact same thing. Not the same. You never walkie talkie from in a closet? Do you sit by yourself there and you stare go. at a can with a string when you're in bed at night? Just because I'm not using by my yourself? vocal cords doesn't make it different. Exactly. <laughs> my favorite thing to do is FaceTime someone in the same room. It's the best. <laughs> okay, that settles it. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Thank Please so come much. back. We clearly have more to talk about. I have we, nothing to do, so I'll be I'll be here next week. I thought you were gonna say I have nothing left to say to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out some of David's work, we will throw some things in the description because you should definitely check it out. The first time David came to my house, background. First time David came to my house, we were just standing. There was a group of us sitting in the room. And at some point, David just got up and left, comes back like five minutes later and is just sitting there eating cheese. <laughs> and so my one cool thing is whether it's cheese or chocolate or whatever you enjoy, just fucking do it and don't feel bad about it. Do the one thing that makes you happy. Thank you, David. That's the lesson I learned from you. That's not a cool thing. It's more like a lesson. Free cheese. Appreciated about you when we were together. (laughs) It was like string cheese. Was it? I don't even. You brought string cheese from home and put it in my fridge. I don't have string cheese. Uh, I would never. I probably do that. That is something I would do. I love cheese. That's why we were so compatible early on. (laughs) Shit. What happened? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um. I recently went to a live performance at the garrison mm-hmm. here in Toronto and I listened to a cellist I had no idea what I was walking into I had a friend a oh, producer I saw friend who Instagram yeah I, I I'm, I'm I'm speechless but I'll find some words this artist's name I'm probably going to botch I'm apologizing right up front but Raphael Weinroth Brown I believe is how you pronounce it and I'm going to plug his Insta so you can listen to some of his music and check out some cool shots of him on there. Again, in the description. He is a cellist, but not just a cellist. He loops his music. He uses a looper, so he's playing on top of himself. I dropped tears oh listening. to. I, I, it, it was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. I haven't been moved like that by music in a really long time, and it hit some emotional spots that just, you know, it hit the release button. We've been re-watching uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The original? <laughs> the original. Nice. Have you and seen the new one? No. Oh, I, don't want, I. I don't want to ruin don't, it. Don't ruin Good. it. Don't ruin it. And, it. and the writing in it is it's really funny. It's just a, I think it's a great, smart show. My second round of one cool thing is everybody should look up David's girlfriends because they're always <laughs> drop dead gorgeous. Like I'm oh, talking like you. GQ magazine models. <laughs> oh and you're like, David, you just sat here and giggled for two hours. How did you talk to this woman and they <laughs> fall in love with you? <laughs> I'm sorry. All our audience members now know. Listen to him. Yeah, it's cute. You're the best. (laughs) If you like this podcast, you can support it by subscribing to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave us a review. Which sincerely helps us. Which we love. Come hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And send us your questions, recommendations, and cool things at we're totally not okay at gmail.com. Learn more about how you can lend your voice to this podcast and join us on an episode by looking at the link in our description. More information can be found at anchor.fm. Thanks for listening to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. 